chapter 25. And verse 11. Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And I'd like to use that for my text tonight. Lee, would you pray for the word here tonight? Thank you, Lord. Open your word, Lord, that as a pastor, bring forth the message, Lord, and anoint him, that this message, Lord, will come true, solid, and clear. Speak our hearts and pray for Amen. You know, that's language that really is very colorful very picturesque. This is a picture of a oriental decoration. Fruit carved in gold and uh, set in a dainty work of silver. A brilliant piece of decoration as can uh, well be imagined. I remember when I was over in Japan that one of our uh, master sergeants had a uh, Winchester rifle, and he took that Winchester rifle to uh, uh, one of the stores over there, one of the craftsmen over there, and they inlaid all kinds of artwork, gold and silver, all over that rifle. And it was a beautiful piece of work. And it uh, enhanced that piece of equipment. And this finely tuned metaphor that we have here before us is chosen by the writer in order to give uh, as high a possible praise as he can to a word fitly spoken or aptly spoken. Uh, how's it say it in the King James? Fitly spoken. And so I want to look, first of all, at the nature and the character of a word fitly spoken. First of all, words sometimes can be very cheap. Sometimes we speak too many words. But this here is a word and we see the immense value that can be placed upon a word. Words have weight. They have weight to crush. They have force to drive. They have sharpness to pierce. They have beauty to delight. Uh, they have the ability to uh, cheer or to make sad. It can be something very welcome, or it can be something that uh, is referred to as uh, a, a fire, a world of iniquity. So words can uh, 
are very important. I think the words we speak are so important. It may be but one word, just one word. And we can't value words by the length of the words. Sometimes it's not how long the word is, but it's the meaning that is behind the word. Many words may be of little value, yet one word can be priceless. Just one word. That is if it's the right word at the right time. It must be a real word. It can't just be a sound. A word is an uttered thought. The soul of a word is the idea. And if the idea is lost, then the word is empty and worthless. It needs to be an apt word. A word fitly spoken, it says here. The Hebrew means a word that's standing on its feet. It's a word that is rightly spoken. It's a word that is needed. It's doing its work. It's a word that's true. It's a word that's fit to be uttered by the speaker. Not just some babbling that's going on. It's suitable to the hearer. It's adapted for that particular occasion. It's shaped with point and with individual character. It's a word that'll strike home. It's one that'll stick in your mind. It's not easily forgotten. It should be a spoken word. It says a word fitly spoken. You see, we need to find the right moment. We need to speak in the right manner. We need to use the right expression. You know, it's possible to say something and have the complete wrong meaning taken when you say it just by the expression you use or the accent that you put on the word or uh, facial expression that you use or uh, some uh, body language that is used when you're saying it. And so this is an apt, uh, a, a word that's adapted for the situation. It's a word that's very valuable to the hearer. And I want you to see the supreme excellence of the word fitly spoken. First of all, it's rare. It's rare. I, I just don't see this kind of a decoration being put around too many words.
this, this word is extremely valuable, and that's why he's used this picture of fruit uh, uh, carved in gold and set, set in silver to try to describe how valuable this word is. We live in a, a den of speech and in a reign of words, and most of them are neither gold nor silver. Most words, you wouldn't be any better for hearing them, and you wouldn't be any of the worse if you didn't hear them. This word means something. And you know, it's not always true that uh, kind words cost little. The best words cost time, care, and consideration. Someone said, what costs the speaker nothing is likely to be valued by the hearer at the same price. This word is beautiful. The metaphor describes what would be exceedingly lovely. Words of love and wisdom have, have beauty to them. It's precious. Some cost, costly things are of little value. Words of truth and goodness are beyond price. And all of this is true of the Word of God. It's all true of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. And the scriptures talk about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That word that was spoken to you when you were down and out, when you were lost in sin, when you were an alcoholic or, uh, or some other sin had a hold on your life, that word that brought deliverance to you, how beautiful that word was. Amen? Hallelujah. So that brings me to the last point, I see that there's a need for the fitly spoken word. Proverbs 15 and 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. in due season. That means that we could miss our chance. You've got to speak it at the right time. There's people all around us that are hurting. How many of you realize that? We live in a world that's very harsh. Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation but to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. But how about these people that are 
down and out, these people that are uh, under the harsh taskmaster, the devil, and they have no hope, they need to hear a word of encouragement. People are hurting because of financial problems due to inflation, due to the loss of jobs, due to high taxes, etc., etc., etc. Even the Christian has a far, far too hard a time trying to make ends meet. But when sin has taken a toll, it's very costly, and it don't leave much for other things. Then there's those around us that have emotional problems, and they're brought on by strife, stress, and worry. How many of you, even as Christians, feel that stress? What would it be like if you didn't have Jesus? How would you cope with it without the Lord? And so there's people out there that are in these situations that needs to know that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ, that there's deliverance in the name of Jesus, that there is an answer to all these problems. There's someone that'll stick close to them, someone that'll see them through their problems. Then there's physical problems. And a lot of our physical problems are probably brought on by stress. They're brought on by feelings of hopelessness. But God has promised us a long life. He's promised us health. By his stripes we are healed. We have someone we can call upon. But imagine when you're hit with something and, and you have no hope other than the physician. <laughs> and maybe you don't have the money to pay a physician, then what do you do? Just brings more worry and more strife and anger and so forth into your life. Then there's people who are undergoing bereavement. The loss of a loved one. loss of a child, loss of a spouse, a brother, a sister, mother, father. How do you deal with these things if you don't have Jesus? I think that some of the saddest times that I've ever known as a pastor is when I've had to hold funerals for those that I knew weren't saved. 
and you walked into that funeral parlor and there was just a feeling of hopelessness there. People crying, uncontrollable, because they, they, they have no hope whatsoever. And you contrast that with the Christian funeral, and it's almost like they're rejoicing, knowing that he, the person is no longer there, that they've gone to be with the Lord. And what a difference! You and I have the words of eternal life. We have the words of encouragement. We can, we can go and speak to a person when they're in these situations, and it can be like this beautiful golden fruit framed in silver. I think that that's what it's talking about here. It's talking about words of encouragement. Pat, do you remember how much encouragement you took from those words when, when your husband died? So much encouragement there. Hallelujah. I, I know my wife, when her mom and dad died, and it was just just a few days apart, 66 days. You know, the person without Jesus Christ would have never held up in that situation. What strength was given her from the Word of God? We have something to give the world. And the writer of Proverbs couldn't even describe it. He had to use something very picturesque to try to give us the meaning or the value of that word that we have to give. A word fitly spoken. And I think it should be a challenge to each one of us to be the messenger, to go and to give the words of encouragement to someone who's downtrodden, someone who's bereaved, someone who's really having a hard time. In summary, let me say, all you need to do is be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think that, uh, you know, we all look at Alice and it seems like she's so bold to go and speak that word to someone. But really, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, he'll use you. He wants to use every one of us to go and be a, of uh, someone that will encourage someone else. To take the words that are written in this book, not, not to necessarily beat them over the head with it, but to encourage people with it. Amen?
There's opportunities everywhere to present the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing with the opportunities we have? Where would we have been if someone hadn't taken the opportunity to tell us about Jesus? The Holy Spirit's the comforter. And I believe that if we are full of the Holy Spirit, we also will be a comforter. 1 Corinthians 1, and I'll close with this scripture. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 3 and 4. I got the right. I don't have the right one. Must be Second Corinthians. Let's try that. I sometimes do that. Yes, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Listen to this. Who comforts us in all our tribulations for this reason that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Isn't that good? God has comforted us so that we can go and comfort someone else with the comfort that he has comforted us with. We can go and we can speak beautiful words. A word fitly spoken is beautiful. And a word of encouragement when a person is down and out is that word fitly spoken. The good news is that word fitly spoken. Let's close with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask that Bernie would do the honors of closing our service here tonight with a prayer.